from a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Welcome to Radio Taiwan International. I am Natalie So, and up this hour, we have a Chinese lesson for you on Chinese to go. Also, the latest in social media trends on hashtag Taiwan and on status update, our interactive show. Uh, John and Shirley will tell you the latest in our interaction with listeners. But first, join us for Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Tuesday, January 7th, and in the studio we have Leslie Liao. Hello, everybody. Hello, ciao. Hello. And I am Natalie So. We'll be telling you about an infamous Hong Kong bookstore that is reopening in Taiwan. Also, what one lottery winner said that made the news. And some successful medical transplants in Kaohsiung. Those stories and more coming right up. Okay, so an infamous bookstore in Hong Kong called the Causeway Bay Bookstore is going to be reopened here in Taipei, not too far from where we are actually, right near the metro stop where um, RTI is uh, nearby. So this bookstore was founded in 1994, and um, it has a, it had a lot of books, you can say, that were controversial in China's eyes, that a lot of dissidents uh, writing their opinions. And actually, five of the uh, organizers uh, were eventually kidnapped by China. Yeah. And, and that was, a, you know, a major uh, event. And one of the founders, Lam Wingkei, he actually escaped to Taiwan. So he decided not to stay in Hong Kong because he feared his safety. And Taiwan has allowed him to stay here. And he has decided to reopen that bookstore. Yeah. Uh, I heard what? The crowdfunding? They raised the money in like two, three days. Really? Yeah, it was a very, very fast crowdfunding campaign. And... um, I, you know, bookstores nowadays, they have it really hard, but... That's true. Lamb had an ideology behind his, so I think that that really helped drove a lot of um, the donations that came in. And uh, it's good to see him getting his feet, you know, getting on his feet, and uh, it's nearby our office. That's right, and it's, you know, it does show how Taiwan and Hong Kong are so closely linked together. Yeah. I mean, the protests in Hong Kong... Um, have had a major impact on our sentiments here, even our election, I think, um, how people view uh, Taiwan's future or view the candidates, mm-hmm. or, you know, view China. And he is like a symbol of kind of, you know, the extradition bill that people were afraid of and, and the things that people are afraid of, right? Yeah, because he really he is. and his colleagues were, were kidnapped. So he raised nearly $6 million, about 200000 U.S. dollars. And um, so that's pretty exciting that he's going to redo the store here. It's going to be on the 10th floor. 
a space uh, near the Zhongshan district, which is a shopping area with lots of uh, boutiques. Wow. It's kind of artsy area. You it's never really pleasant. think of a store being on the 10th floor, though. No, but I think this has received a lot of publicity. I think people might be curious. Uh, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Did, did they say when it's going to open? After Lunar New Year. Oh, so very soon. Should around be the corner. Right around the end of the month mm-hmm. or so. So anyways, that's some of the latest coming from Taiwan what in the area know? of books. Okay, so tell us about this lottery winner, Paula. All right, um, Taiwan Lottery issued new um, scratch tickets last Thursday to welcome the Year of the Rat. And there are several great prizes. The top prize is 20 million Taiwan dollars. Wow. That's about 660,000 US dollars. They do those every year. Right. They do I that do all, every, every year. year. Do you participate? I do participate. So you are optimistic, huh? Um, well, the thing is, the, those, those tickets that get you, they're really big. They're about mm-hmm. the size of an A4 paper, and there's eight different games you can play. Oh, so and they're they fun? Say, yeah, they're entertaining. They're entertaining. And then they say um, the chance that you win is like 80%. But the thing is, you could win less than what you paid for it. Oh, okay. Or you okay. could win the, the same amount you so paid for So do you usually it. win something? I've been in a situation where I didn't win anything at all. Uh-huh. And it was like a 12% chance of it coming up 0%. So I guess like... That's kind of unlucky luck- 12%. <laughs> still kind of lucky in a certain but sense. But you had fun playing the games. I did. Well, but you have to pay... Um, Two thousand Taiwan dollars. That's about seventy US oh, dollars. Oh, that's expensive to buy one scratch ticket. Wow! But anyway, on the day um, this um, t- uh, Taiwan Lotto issued the tickets, a middle-aged man bought two tickets. As he was scratching off the ticket, all of a sudden he said to the person who sold the tickets to him, he said, "Well, does that mean that I won one million Taiwan dollars?" And the answer is yes. Wow. So this guy is really happy. And he said um, to that person, he said, this is the first time I have won you know, so much money. There's so much money. I, I want to make sure that I you know, hide the money. <laughs> so I'm not going to let my wife know. Otherwise, she will take my money away. Oh, no. <laughs> this is what he said. <laughs> But somehow it leaked, huh? It's in the press already. I bet I his wife knows by now. I don't picture. I don't know. Maybe you can play it off. Did you buy a lottery ticket? No, I didn't buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not me. Why are you so generous uh, recently? <laughs> so, we you know what I've heard that actually um, the lottery winners in Taiwan are different than those in the U.S. Whereas in the U.S., a lot of people will advertise that they won or spend mm-hmm. a lot of their money. Whereas people in Taiwan are very low-key about it. Not everybody, but like this guy. They may not even tell their families. Yeah. Because they don't want the money to be spent. They want to like keep it under wraps and save it or invest it or something. I think um, there was another country that, like a lot of countries around Asia, when lottery winners go to pick up their prizes, they wear costumes. They wear like full Are you costumes. serious? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. There was like video of like Ronald McDonald. Are you going serious? Going to pick up lottery prizes. Yeah. Because uh-huh. they say like if, the, if people know who these people are. You're going to get a lot of attention that you don't want, like, people asking you for money Mm -hmm. to borrow money, or I don't know. I have a true story about a distant relative of mine. She actually won, uh, you know, lotteries twice. Really? Each time, one million U.S. dollars. What? One million U.S. US dollars? dollars? Yes, in the central city of Taichung. I didn't know that until two to three years later. I mean, she didn't want to tell me, obviously. Right. Right, but that's just... 
I mean, wow. twice. That's and what did she do money. with her money? Do you know? I think she bought a luxurious apartment. I was told, but I'm, I'm not sure. I think I'd like to do that. <laughs> I would love. To what would do you guys that. do if you had like a million Ooh. U.S. dollars and lottery money? I saw someone trying to sell their Mercedes Benz earlier, and I oh? was just like, "Oh, I shouldn't." A it nice be, car. It'd be very irresponsible. A luxury car. Mm. But that's a lot less than a million U.S. dollars you could afford it but if you had. Cars one. Are, are they depreciate? That's the true. Fastest, so that's just not right. just not smart. Right. I probably shouldn't. I would go for some good real estate. Mm. Real estate yeah, that yes. you can live in and enjoy as well. <laughs> How about Paula? I don't know. I, I don't think I, you know, I ever have the chance to win so much money. I don't you think can so. Dream. No. <laughs> Do you play the lottery? No. I don't either. I mean, right. I really don't believe the chances are too high. So. I feel like buying I feel like a I'm lottery I'm just throwing my money away. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> After hearing this guy's... But what? they say, like, Paula's friend, uh, family member was very lucky because they say... It's um, amazing. It's... You have a higher chance of getting struck by lightning than you do of winning the lottery. Right. And to do it twice That's is... That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of luck. That's great. Anyways, now we're thinking, should we play or not, right? <laughs> I'm going to go for it. All right. Leslie, tell us about something good that's happening in Kaohsiung. Um, I'm going to say this. I'm going to preface this really quickly by saying that I am not a medical doctor, and I have nothing but respect for medical doctors and what they do. Uh, Kaohsiung City, they've successfully transplanted an arm on a patient who had previously lost their arm. Uh, I didn't realize this. I didn't realize you could reattach an arm. I mean... Another person's arm or their own arm? or Another person's arm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one person lost their arm, and then person B passed away, donated their arm, and then they attached it to person A. Oh, my gosh. And um, apparently Taiwan has been doing this since 2014, and uh, Taiwan as a whole has seen five cases of successful arm transplants involving six arms, so one person got a double. And uh, the first two transplants were in Kaohsiung in 2014 and 2016. And this is the third time it's happened in Kaohsiung. So I think 2020. And um, it's, I mean, I, I know basic biology, but I think. How do they connect it to make it work, right? You I mean, that's amazing. To, like, you have to connect all the, the nerves. All the nerves and, and then the bones. The, uh, the bones. I, it's just wow, fascinating. That's, that's amazing. They're saying the first per- uh, person had injuries on their lower arm and had been without a hand for more than 30 years. And now that person is able to thread a needle and, <gasps> and peel shrimp. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Second that's uh, amazing. was injured close to the elbow, so their forearm was damaged. And now they got an arm transplant. They can drive and use a cell phone. Not at the same time, I don't think. Well, you shouldn't be doing yeah. it at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And they say um, most of the most of the patients should have eighty to ninety percent of functionality after one or two years of rehabilitation. Wow! Um, it's fascinating to me. I didn't realize this stuff could happen. I thought this this was the only kind of Sci-fi. thing you could see in uh, movies, even like fingers or hands. I always That's thought amazing. I had no idea. Anyway, the uh, the surgery took twelve hours to complete, and um, oh. yeah, they the. I guess this is some worth celebrating because Gaucho Medical University, they uh, commemorated the day. And uh, the other two patients who were also operated on were present at the... Uh, oh, at, oh they, at the celebration? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, so, I really admire those doctors. I can't imagine just 
the detail and the being in surgery for 12 hours and needing to focus that much and, and for me even the sight of blood makes me dizzy you know? I, I can't i mean i can't imagine having to like get inside a body and yeah. stitch it together you know so, so taiwan not only has very good health care <sighs> we also have very good standards of health care which mm -hmm. is very nice to know great yeah. yeah so we're pretty lucky here in taiwan mm -hmm. and it's, it comes very affordable prices too yeah so way to go taiwan a story um well about the police and a question someone had tell us more about this all right uh, this is a story about a guy who is mentally and physically challenged last september uh, this guy had a big fight with um his mother so he left home and without telling her and then it wasn't until last december did um, his mother tell the police that you know my son went missing so the police um issued a statement recently saying that if your family members you know they if they they are missing you don't have to wait 24 hours or you don't have to wait longer to call the police you can tell the police right away and you have to you don't have to go to um, police stations that's far away from where you live you can go to your nearby police stations and also you don't have to pay for telling the police that you know someone is missing and lastly don't worry about that the police is not going to keep a poor record or lousy record, uh, right? So you don't have to worry about anything. So I, I guess the police station's um, intention is to, you know, if someone is missing, you just tell them directly right away. Oh, right? even if it's been like 20 minutes? Uh, 20 minutes, <laughs> I think we should think about that. Well, if but, it's like a little kid, right. maybe, yeah. In the States, I think it's what, 24 hours or 48? I don't Before you can file know. a missing persons report? Yeah, right. that's what I thought. Because the police has some people... But if it's a child, I right. would imagine abuse. If it's a child, then you better do it yeah, soon. Yeah. But I guess you can... I guess it's okay, probably okay to wait 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, some childs are really... Um, you know, no, I just I mean, right. 20, 30 minutes, yeah, I would have had a lot. <laughs> I would have had a lot of files reported, uh, <laughs> you know, reported about me. What happened? No, I just, I would just kind of go out without telling anybody. And then uh, I would come home and my parents would be like, when did you leave the house? So I was just like, I've been gone for at least six hours. It's like, oh, we thought you were sleeping in your room. When I was in grade school, my, my mother did call the police. Because oh, me and really? my, my sisters, we went out with our neighbors, yeah, and without telling her. Oh, So no. she was really nervous. So she did call the police. Yes, yeah, I would if I were them. Right. And That's, then she was really And then what happened? Did the police, they didn't find you. Their neighbors They didn't find us, but my, you. I think my mom went to, um, yeah, like, a near neighborhood. We were there. So, but she was really mad. <laughs> she was worried first. Oh, right. And then yeah, mad. Of course. And then... Right. Relieved. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, okay. So it's well, good to know that the police are ready to help how us anytime. about you, Natalie, as a new mom? Have you had You know, instances? there have been moments when I uh, briefly uh, lost sight of my child when they were little. It's oh, my wow. fault, too. Well, there was one time when I walked ahead of him, and I thought that he was following us, but he didn't. He was behind us, and we walked into the Apple store, and then he was behind us. He was like five or six or something. And then there was a nice auntie who called me. Oh. Like they were just right on the, it was like the department store, uh -huh. you know, outdoor um, walkway. 
I mean, really close by. Uh huh. But I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. So it's okay. Yeah, we've had like moments. Well, but fortunately, Taiwan in general is pretty safe. Yeah. Right. Very safe. So, and he was crying, and oh my gosh, I felt so bad. <laughs> It's okay. They forget it. I yeah. He's, he he was has been traumatized. So <laughs> I can't remember. I'm sure it happened to me before. I just can't remember it. They won't remember it. You'll be fine. Okay, I want to tell you about a well, a really nice teacher that has been helping students for more than 20 years. And the kind of students he helps are those that people usually um, lose hope in—the high school dropouts. Mm-hmm. What he does is, um, he, I mean, he's a teacher at a junior high school in Taoyuan, and he goes out looking for truants—people, uh, kids who are not going to school, who are just like, you know, skipping class, who decided to give up on themselves. And he, he would ride his bicycle around the markets um, looking for students like that. And then he'll talk to them, you know, and, you know, he'll say, like, well, why don't you go back to school? Oh, actually, um, his daughter also has gotten his daughter. He's been doing this ever since she's a little girl. And she said that she would help out when she's little because she would always want to go home. So mm. she would help out and say, why don't you go back to school? That way I could go home. <laughs> So anyway, he, his record is persuading 30 dropouts to go back to school within one and a half years. Oh. How did he identify these students? Well, I guess, I mean, if you're supposed to be in school and you're of school age and you're not in school, people just roaming around or hanging out when they shouldn't be. I suppose so. I mean, are they wearing uniforms? I guess not. No, probably not. So what happened was he himself, when he was in elementary school, he was actually a national handball player. Oh, wow. But he almost quit um, when he got into junior high. He felt like quitting school. But there was a teacher that um, really believed in him and constantly checked up on him, even after he entered a vocational high school. And so... You know, at first he was thinking, why is this teacher always like on my case, you know? But then he realized that teacher really cared about him and really made a big difference in his life. Mm. So he wants to do the same for other students who feel like giving up. And he's helped a lot of students, even monetarily. Like there's a student um, that had a debt his family owed to a loan shark. So he helped lend some money to them. I mean, he's done a lot of things for these students. Wow. And it's quite amazing. It's good to know. I mean, in Taiwan, teachers are such authority figures. You would not really... They don't necessarily develop a close relationship with students. No, they, they, they definitely don't, especially since classrooms here. When I was going to school here, there was uh, 48 people in a class. And a lot of times they don't like to deal with the so-called bad students yeah. either, right? Yeah. They don't have hope in them, so... Anyway, that's a nice story to end our show with. Yeah, it's a good one. All right, so uh, thanks for joining us for here in Taiwan, and stay tuned for Chinese to go, hashtag Taiwan, and status update. For here in Taiwan, I'm Natalie So. I'm Leslie Liao. And I'm Paula Chow. We'll see ya.
Welcome to Chinese to Go, the program where you learn authentic Chinese, the Chinese we use in real life in Taiwan. Students at all levels have already started their winter vacation. Let's listen to a conversation. When does your school's winter vacation start? How long is it? 我们放三个星期。This year's winter vacation starts next Monday, and we have a three-week break. 这么好,我们的好短才两个礼拜,我真羡慕你。How nice! Mine is a lot shorter, only two weeks. I really envy you. 但是根本不是什么假期。老师给我们好多寒假作业。But it's not a vacation. My teacher gave us a lot of homework to do over winter break. 还有寒假作业。这样的话，我宁愿假期短一点。There is homework to do. In that case, I would rather have a short vacation. 我该做功课了，再聊吧。Time to do my homework. I'll talk to you later. All right, let's begin with the first sentence. 你们学校什么时候开始放寒假？放多久？你们学校，你们your学校，school，什么时候？When？ 开始, to begin or to start. 寒假, winter vacation. The Chinese word for feng here it means to start. 放多久, how long is it? 多久, how long? 你们学校什么时候开始放寒假? When does your school's winter vacation start? 放多久? How long is it? 今年寒假从下周一开始,我们放三个星期。今年寒假, this year's winter vacation. 寒假, winter vacation. 假 means vacation. 今年, this year. 从, to start. 下周一, 周一, Monday. 下 means next. 下周一, next Monday. 我们放三个星期, we have a three-week break. 三 means the number three. 个 is a measure word. 星期, week. 这么好,我们的好短才两个礼拜,我真羡慕你。这么好,好 means good or nice. 这么好,how nice. 我们的好短,短 means short. 好短, very short. 我们的,my.我们的好短, my is a lot shorter. 才两个礼拜,才only. 两个礼拜,two weeks. 两 means two. In Chinese, 星期 and 礼拜 are the same thing. For example, for two weeks, we can say 两个礼拜 or 两个星期. 我真羡慕你。羡慕, to envy. 我真羡慕你, I really envy you. 但是根本不是什么假期。但是, but, 
根本不是什么假期 It's not a vacation It's really not a vacation Here, 根本 means really 不是, not, no 老师给我们好多寒假作业 老师, teacher 给, to give 我们, we, s 好多, a lot of 作业, homework 好多寒假作业 A lot of homework to do over winter break 还有寒假作业 还有寒假作业 There is homework to do Homework to do over winter break 这样的话我宁愿假期短一点 这样的话, in that case 我,I,宁愿 Would rather 短一点 A bit shorter in that case, I would rather have a short vacation. 我该做功课了,再聊吧。我该做功课了。Time to do my homework. 该 means should or must. 做, to do. 做功课, to do homework. 功课, homework. 再聊吧,I'll talk to you later. 聊 means to talk, to chat with someone. Hello and welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm Leslie Liao, social media guru here at RTI. This week, we're going to be talking about Taiwan's sassy digital minister. All that and more coming up next. Don't go away. This week on Hashtag Taiwan... Audrey Tong. Now, you guys have heard of Audrey Tong, of right? Yes, I'm a big fan. All right, yeah. So, Audrey Tong is one of Taiwan's ministers without portfolio, and she handles a lot of the digital stuff, so we call her our digital minister. That makes her the big kahuna of social media stuff, in my opinion, at least. She has a reported IQ of 180, and by age 19, she was a Silicon Valley entrepreneur. She also went viral this week. Why? Well, take a look for yourself. Five months now, people in Hong Kong have been protesting for democracy and against what they perceive as a growing influence by the mainland uh, government from China. As an official from Taiwan, an island which Beijing considers a breakaway territory, uh, how do you view these protests? The breakaway was at the Neolithic age, I believe. Um, the Neolithic age, she says. <laughs> anyway, that exchange happened when German news outlet DW interviewed Tong. And uh, as you can see, those two are probably think about two very different breakaways. Now, I never thought I'd have to show a picture of Pangaea, the supercontinent, on hashtag Taiwan. But here we are. Pangaea. When everything was connected to everything else. <laughs> now, Tong was probably talking about the physical split between Taiwan and China. Regardless of that, people online have been praising Tong for her deadpan 110% serious response to the reporter's question. People have been gushing about how intelligent she seemed, how quick her reactions were, and they just loved her. She was saying, you should share your work, working style with all government servants, says Sheng Yixu from Facebook. Ariel Wong says her answers are so quick-witted as her mind. I have so much respect for her. Carrie Lin, too cool. Sean Wong says people like her only come around once a century. And Monica Chung says something quite 
Quite the statement. She says, "If the KMT can find someone as sharp as her, then I'll consider voting for them." <laughs> But one comment in particular got my attention. Zhang Daxiong said, "Technically, there was no breakaway. Taiwan Island formed due to plate tectonics." Now that got me thinking. I'm going to fact check Audrey Tong. <laughs> And let me remind you, Minister Tong has a reported IQ of 180, and I am me. So let's just say. <laughs> I should not be the one doing this. Actually, I definitely should not be the one doing this. You're very brave. <laughs> That said, Taiwan did indeed form as an island. There seems to be a scientific consensus that it rose out of the sea four million to six million years ago. At least that's what the National Taiwan University Department of Geosciences and Scientific Americans say. <laughs> Now, during the late Pleistocene epoch, there was a minor ice age during which the bottom of the Taiwan Strait was exposed. Forming a land bridge between China and Taiwan. Now, by the time the ice melted and the Taiwan Strait flooded again, we were around the Neolithic age. So, to the best of my knowledge and my research, Audrey Tong is absolutely correct. <laughs> the Neolithic age is when the breakaway did happen. <laughs> nice job, Leslie.、Thank、like, I、nice. don't think I could have wrapped my mouth around Neolithic and Pleistocene epoch, and you did it very well. After you did, after you research all of this for hours on end, <laughs> it's fascinating. It just, though it, it is interesting.、Happens. I'm going up against an IQ of 180, guys. Come <laughs> break here. <laughs> Nicely done. Okay. All right. Well, that's hashtag Taiwan, and、uh, do follow us on social media and leave a comment below. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> This, This is, is status, status update. update. Welcome to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm Leslie Liao, sitting in for John Van Trieste. Yes, and、uh, this is a program where we read letters from you,、um, telling us what you think about our programs. So we always love to do this show. But before we do that, though, we are going to update our own personal status here. I think this is the first show of the new year, isn't it? I think so. Oh wow! Happy New Year! <laughs>、uh, last time our show was on. Oh yeah, we were on、uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah, right. So anyway, happy New Year to you all. The I hope the new year, twenty twenty, brings you much happiness and prosperity. Gosh, when I'm get away with that. Okay, never mind. All right. Well, anyway, we are going to tell you what we did on Final Countdown.、Mm. Like you know,、um, coming up to the new year, what did you do? I went to、um, a friend's house,、Leslie. and、yes. he has a very nice view of Taipei 101. That's nice. So,、oh, yeah, Taipei 101 is the tallest building in Taiwan, where we always、uh, shoot off the fireworks on、yes. um, on New Year's Eve. Yes, yes it is, and、um, yeah, it was very nice. It was a little chilly that night, but it was. Yeah, we were at RTI, and then、uh, I had to go out after work, and then I went to go buy some food for everybody to have. And then we went、That's、upstairs.、Nice、yeah, yeah, and、uh, that was about that was about it. That was it. And then so、uh, you were the food person. I was the food delivery guy. <laughs> I was the food delivery guy. So what did you get for everybody?、Oh, we got a couple of pizzas. There's some、oh, chicken wings. It. It's just got to be pizza. Oh, and chicken wings.、Yeah. That's a very American thing to do. Oh, I love pizza、them. and chicken wings. So、okay. great. All right, good for you. Yes, it was a cold、uh, night, and so、uh, for me, we had a whole bunch of friends over. Actually, there were a total of thirteen of us,、mm -hmm. and then we had hot pot.、Great. So it's a very tiny thing to do, but it's also a very appropriate thing to do on a very cold night. Absolutely. Yes, and、um, I actually was the one who did all the shopping. 
Oh, wow. Um, well, of course, somebody else was uh, responsible for bringing in some fruit. Mm. And another uh, another couple was responsible for bringing in some lu wei. Potluck style. Yeah, um, right. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Some people were made to do some things. Not all of them, but anyway. Um, and so lu wei is, uh, you know, it's a whole bunch of different things that you kind of braised in this... Um, I would say it's I think it was, like it's a, a soy, soy sauce, sauce and Chinese herbal yeah, broth. Anyway, so that was nice. But uh, we had a very healthy hot pot because uh, we had one pot where we just only cooked the meat. Mm-hmm. And we had beef and um, pork um, slices. Always good. And, uh, and then for the other pot, it was a clear broth. But actually, it was a chicken broth. And then um, we just cooked mostly vegetables and tofu and um, corn and taro blocks. Also, uh, I got like these seaweed knots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's very wholesome. Yes, it's all very healthy and, and different kinds of mushroom. Sure. Yeah. See, that sounds really, really healthy, right? Yeah. As well as, um, um, what is this, turnip. Mm. Um, we cut up turnip. And Where were you when uh, when the clock struck twelve? Oh, we were watching the fireworks mm. on TV. That's better. so we had the countdown. And actually, at that time, though, most of the people had already left and gone back home because they were afraid to get caught in this bad, bad traffic. Yeah. So they all left before midnight. So there were only one couple and another good friend, and my husband John and I left watching. You know, the final countdown I mean, on TV. The traffic and, wouldn't be so bad unless you were in that area. Yeah, yeah the true. Tra- traffic in that area is monstrous, but you know, everything around was pretty normal. And besides, I live in Xindian. Yeah. So, like, going back home for most people is, like, the opposite direction yeah. of people who are leaving the Xin district after watching the fireworks. So, yeah. it shouldn't have been too bad. But anyway. All right. We had friends who lived over in Linko. Mm. So he, they were going. Yeah, they were. They left our place about ten thirty, okay. and didn't get home till about twelve twelve. Oh wow! So that's an uncharacteristically long drive. <laughs> yeah, that's what we did on the final countdown to the new year. Great. Okay, we're gonna get to your letters now, as we always do, and we just love so much to read your letters and just want to know what you think about a program. So our address, by the way, is PO Box one two three dash one nine nine Taipei Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti. .org.tw and we always love your Facebook or YouTube comments so please leave us comments um, every now and then after you hear our program or after you uh, watch the videos that we post on Facebook anyway Let's uh, get to the letters, and I actually have a card to start off with. Wow. And this is coming to us. It's a very simply a simple white card, seasons greetings on the top, and it says "and best wishes for a happy new year" with this tiny uh, holly, green holly on the side. I think it's part of a tree, but it's on silver uh, decoration here, and it's from our dear listener. Peter Ng of Malaysia. Thank you so much. It's always good to hear from some familiar uh, listeners. So uh, it just says, English Service Radio Taiwan International. And on the inside, it says, season's greetings and best wishes for a happy new year. Thank you, Peter. Thank you very much, Peter Ng of Malaysia. Thank you. Very nice. Yes. So you've got a letter there? Yeah, I got a a letter from Atish Bhattacharya from West Bengal, India. And uh, they listened in on Friday the 20th between 1615 UTC and 1700 UTC. Uh, they listened in at 6180 kilohertz, the Simpo rating of 
45343 uh, listening on a Texan PL680 with a 30 meter long antenna. I say, dear sir and madam, I hope you're doing very well. I will be grateful if you accept my uh, reception ports below. Three audio recordings of parts broadcast are uh, attached here and with for verification purposes. Let's jump into that part of it. They say they listen to Taiwan Insider, excellent hosts, Natalie So, Andrew Ryan, and Leslie Leo. Well, thank you so much. Presented another amazing episode of one of my favorite magazine program of Taiwan Insider. Well... I'm very happy that it's your favorite show, uh, mm-hmm. one of your favorite shows. Thank you very much. Um, on the radar was, of course, John segment within Taiwan Insider, where he goes over five stories that we handpick for you from that week. We were talking about F-16 maintenance facility in Taiwan, the new baseball team, the Rakuten Monkeys, and the new regulations of U-bikes for um, foreigners and tourists, which actually has been overturned since then. Mm. Next one is election coverage. Uh, 28 campaign period has started. That was was that your story, Shirley? Um, when they say they kicked off the uh, the election campaign? Nope. Okay, that was not my story. No. Taiwan explained was talking about 10 days blackouts before the opinion polls, hmm. and we are in the blackout right now. Actually, right now. Uh, hashtag Taiwan. Well, was also a marvelous segment. Well, thank you. The enthralling was the subject about the controversy related to the popular YouTuber Potter King. Next up was Taiwan Today, in which Natalie So talked to us, a visiting artist who is half British, and, um, and they were talking to Greek artist Irene Pouliasi about their exhibition, The Great Islander at the Damsue Little White House. Have you ever okay. been there? No. Okay. And the uh, last one was Time Traveler by John Van Trieste about the Taipei Story House in the 1910s. Well, thank you so much once again, Mr. Adish Bhattacharya from India. Okay, now we move to Pakistan. This is coming to us from Amir Jamil. And um, it says, staff and management, Radio Taiwan International English Service, uh, basically is wishing us a happy new year. It says, I and our club members wishing you a happy new year 2020. Um, I hope that you will have many blessings in the new year, wishing you good health, happiness, and success, and uh, and that the new year will bring peace and harmony in the world. So, happy new year. Well, happy new year to you, too. And it says here at the end, it says, I made a new year 2020 card for you. File is attached. I'm sorry, I don't quite see it here. Maybe they missed that uh, from our, um, what is it, the department that handles these letters. But, uh, but thank you so much, though. So, this was Amir Jamil of... Um, Radio Town International Online Visitors Club. How about that? Mm-hmm. Of um, Pakistan. Thank you. Okay, and then I have another letter from India from a Prithwaraj Purkayastha. And Good enough. Uh, they say, Greetings from Assam, India. First, I would like to convey my warm greetings and best wishes on Merry Christmas and New Year ahead. I'm pleased to send you a modern reception report, and I tuned in recently. I'm listening to your evening transmission quite regularly, but able not. Unable to send you reports due to one or the other reasons. My apologies for this. Well, you send, in, uh, you send us in reports when you can, and we're very thankful for that. Uh, they listened in on 6180 kilohertz on December 21st, 2019, between 1607 and 1655 UTC. The programs that they listened to were Taiwan by Number, Curious John, Stroke of Light, and Feast Meets West. Simpo rating of 44333 saying signal was quite good and there was slight interference, but the transmission was affected by some noise some noise and some fading. And that was once again from Prithwaraj Purkayastha from India. 
All right, now we stay in India. This is coming to us from uh, Dr. Hemant Kumar, who is president of Priyadashini Radio Listeners Club. All right. All right, thank you. And um, basically, uh, it seems like you might say he wrote a poem and wishing us a happy new year. Mm. It says, Happy New Year 2020. Welcome New Year. We look forward to you. A year of wonderful happiness, a year of good health, a year of great success, a year of incredibly good luck, a year of continuous fun, a year of world peace. Happy New Year 2020. Wow, that was. Our listeners sweet. are very talented. I know, aren't they? Okay, so that was again Dr. Hemant Kumar of India. Thank you. Okay. And lastly, uh, we have our good friend Roger Tidy once again writing from London, England. They say, this is my second report for December, which is also my penultimate report for this decade. Well, that's quite a way to put it. <laughs> internet, they listened on the internet and saying the audio quality is excellent on December 28th, 2019. They heard Taiwan by Number, Curious John, Lights Camera Asia, Feast Meets West, uh, general comments include, the last time I reported on your Saturday programs, I said a lot about Jake's program, Lights, Camera, Asia, in which he completely narrated the story of the Hong Kong film Infernal Affairs. I remember that. In this Saturday's program, he continued his series about this well-known film, concentrating on the portrayal of the two principal characters, which, again, he succeeded in doing extremely effectively. He noted that the film is not crammed with action sequences or shortcuts, the absence of which I think I would appreciate if I were to see the film, as I find that too many modern films, especially American productions, take these easy routes to hook their audience, which I often find annoying, especially the shortcuts. Which great on me because my eyesight is not very good, and also because I am in my early 70s and people of my age sometimes find such a technique annoying. I'm becoming a fan of this series of programs, and I appreciate the work that Jake puts into his shows and makes them interesting. Well, I'll tell Jake that. I'll be, he sits right next to me in the office. Hmm. Curious John, today's edition shown the spotlight on Taiwan's international Chinese language program, which John had himself once attended as a student. The point that came across most strongly from the interview with the project's director was that because Taiwan is a democracy, there is no holds-barred approach to the conversational lessons where students are free to speak openly about any issue. Moreover, the interviewee also mentioned that Taiwan is a good place to study for other reasons, including its food and friendliness of its people. Well, she'll be sure to tell John that. Next up, Feast Meets West, Andrew's show. This year-end edition of the program looked back on its highlights for the past year. One clip from its archive was especially notable, namely Ellen Chu's comments that she feels really chemistry with Andrew, her co-host, as opposed to the contrived chemistry that is sometimes projected by people in the entertainment business, thereby creating a very listenable and entertaining show. Well, you got to see them in real life. Yeah. Ellen and Andrew, they're, they're a lot of fun. They've been buddies for more than 20 years. They're now. a lot of fun. <laughs> Taiwan by number. The topic this time was affected by the forthcoming election on the workplace. Regrettably, this feature was cut short on your Saturday program at a, the point where Natalie was introducing a new question. I know that this program is made for viewers rather than listeners, but I think it would be better, if possible, to have a program in this time slot made specifically for radio. It's a four-minute segment, I believe. Can't mm -hmm. get a lot. Yeah, I think Roger Tidy's, uh, he's, he's, he's got some founded... His, uh, his, 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 his concerns are found. We'll yeah. look into that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Best wishes, Roger Tidy, Lloyd Baker, uh, London, England. All right. Well, we've got more um, New Year greetings um, from our listeners. This one is coming to us from KC Sivaraj um, of India. And 
It says here, my dear, lovely radio friends, sending the warmest Christmas wishes to you and your family. May God shower his choicest blessings on you and your family this Christmas. May the spirit of the season of New Year fill your heart with serenity and peace. Wish you a happy new year. Happy new year to you too. And actually, um, you know, it's got some oh, writings wow. in the... Uh, is that Thai? Uh, no. It's Arabic. Uh, this is written from India though. Oh. Oh. Well, you know what? Maybe he's trying to impress, you know, global listeners. Oh, even, yeah. Including, yeah, whatever. Could be. Oh, wow. Thank you. Well, this is very, very creative. All right. So, again, that was Casey Sivaraj of India. And I do have a last letter here. This is coming to us from Mr. Nicotarios Manusos of uh, Creta Island, Greece. Oh, wow. Yes, I just have to read this. So he listened in on, well, he looks like he listened on November 11th. I, I don't know if that's correct or, you know, a, a typo, but we only just got this letter now, so I'm just going to read it. It All says right. here the program consisted of uh, sports news and then a few music notes and then an issue about ice creams and, okay... And uh, so a short music break with a lovely ballad, which was interrupted by an issue concerning the decoration of the bride's wedding car. Yeah. Okay. I don't recall this issue, but of, uh, this episode, but of course, this dates back to November 11th. Mm. And um, I think it's correct because it says station name is Radio Town International. Yep. So, um, and then there was a Chinese song by a female singer, meaning you are my sunshine. Okay. Huh. And then another issue regarding the wedding ceremony. And I bet maybe this is talking about my daughter's wedding. Um, oh. Yeah, my daughter's wedding was on October uh, 26th, by was the way. Was that long ago? Yes, yes. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, so, yeah, they've already been married two months now. Um, and then he listened in on 6180 kilohertz. Simple rating was 35433. I guess it could be a little bit better. And a transmitter's location was Baozhong, which is you know, one of our transmission stations, that's for sure. Oh. Um, and it says that if my reception report of your program was correct, I hope you will send me a closer card. Well, no problem. And it says that below, you will find a few technical details on my reception, which I hope will be useful to your staff. It was really fun listening to your broadcast. I learned some things for sure. That's the magic of radio, quote, uh, in, in brackets. And I definitely would like to hear you again in the future. Well, please do. And it says your best of Seventy-threes, and again, that was Mr. Nectarios Manusos of Greece. Right. Well, thank you so much for your letter. Indeed. Yes. Well, that concludes this episode of uh, Status Update, and uh, we certainly hope to hear from you again. Again, our address is PO Box One Two Three Dash One Nine Taipei Taiwan, and you can always email us at rti at rti.org.tw. And we always love your Facebook and YouTube comments. So. Leave uh, those comments with us as well. In the meantime, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm Leslie Liao, sitting in for John Van Trieste. See you next week.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.